Blog Talk Radio. Minions and welcome aboard. My name is Tom Mark Wassell, Presidente. It is Saturday morning. We do this thing called the Balance every Saturday morning. Uh, high atop the Balance Studios in the west suburbs of Indianapolis. Last week we were privileged to be out at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway covering the races out there, chasing the race cars, and we're able to do it. Take our show on the road last week, but we're back in studio this week. And we've got a great show. I'll be uh, kicking things off here. You know, we've got our fantasy football draft coming up here next week. Uh, I believe all of our slots are filled, but if we do have some slots available, we'll put it up on uh, social media for those that might want to play. And I also, in my other work, uh, uh, fantasy football league that I'm in with work, uh, we've got our draft this week. I tell you what, it is all kinds of fun. All kinds of fun coming up here. Ne- well, our draft is next week. I, I take that back. I'm, I'm rushing things a week. So I'm going to be breaking down a little bit of draft strategy for you, a little bit of uh, uh, talking about the fantasy football. And, uh, you know, hopefully throughout the year we'll be able to, in our fantasy football huddle here, we'll be able to um, have different fantasy uh, players in from our leagues or, or you as well. Uh, to join us and, and for that segment and talk with us a little bit about their league and how it's going. And then also Tony Donahue from the Tony D podcast and the fans place will help us uh, take a quick recap of last weekend's triple header at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. And uh, we'll get uh, uh, a quick preview this week of what's going on in Watkins Glen. Also some breaking news out of the truck series. So we'll talk about that. Also, uh, we're going to be talking about preseason NFL. <clears throat> so we're going to be splitting that up as well. And we welcome back the one, the only Rick Riggin. Uh, he is going to join us. He, as we know, he is the uh, diehard Notre Dame guy in the group. And uh, he's had kind of a uh, sabbatical with us for a while. And uh, hopefully we can get him on the regular uh, moving on here. But we do have him today. And uh, we're going to be talking Notre Dame football. And of course, all of the, the different college football uh, Adam is traveling for work. He can't join us today. Obviously, Adam Jividen, Super Browns fan, Super Buckeyes fan, all around great guy, our, our uh, college football co-pilot. Uh, so uh, uh, Rick is going to be uh, stepping in, stepping in on, on that, if you will. My name's Tom Marquis, 917-889-8516 is our digits. Stick around. It's about to get good. Smoke. 
National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. I've been playing 4 on 4 with a barber sharp quartet. Nah, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with Geico. Yeah. Believe it, Geico could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Right. No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mates. Ow, they're my eyes. We're moving. It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA, love your home. Oh, hi. Uh, hey. I've seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. No. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted, so, um, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Lekwa Pique, which of course, in the Indonesian language, oh, let me finish. In the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they... Investor philanthropists, do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes, but it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wanting. Do you have any? You know what? Actually, I'm, I'm just going to order it. They make it fresh and roasted. Okay. Right. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. Maybe I'm lying. Got no way to prove it, so maybe I'm lying. But I'm only human after all. All right.
and welcome back to The Balance. My name's Don Marquis, the old president. Hey, we're about to get into some talk about some fantasy football. Uh, I, 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 first of all, if you're asking me what is fantasy football, I guess maybe we, we could give you a brief explanation. Come on, get out from underneath that rock you're living in. Fantasy football is a great opportunity for us uh, middle-aged white dudes, uh, or not necessarily white dudes, uh, middle-aged whatever dude. I, I retract that statement. I just, you know, it's a good opportunity for everybody to get together and, uh, you know, talk football, manage their their football teams, do what they're supposed to, and be like the coaches. Be like the owners. <laughs> Actually, it's not it's, it's not just limited to middle-aged people. There's a lot of younger people that play the game as well. So basically, yeah, you have a draft. You put your team together. And how they do, how they play on the field is how they score on the field. So, you know, we'll get into that. Of course, there's a lot of different ways of scoring systems, but typically most uh, standard uh, leagues. Now, I know we've got some leagues out there that do scoring in different ways and what have you. Yes, there's a lot of different ways to score, but uh, you know, uh, uh, we do what it's called an RPI. Uh, which is runs per, uh, I'm sorry, an RCR, runs per reception, RPR. Sorry, it's too early in the morning to get into all the acronyms. Um, and so basically, depending on how many points that they, they rush for, that they throw for, that they kick for, uh, will translate to the points, and you play against each other. So I digress. Nine one seven eight nine eight five one six are digits if you want to call in and talk about your fantasy league. And what you've got going on, maybe talk with us a little bit about how you're doing your your fantasy league. We'd love to have you on and talk with you a little bit about fantasy football and what's working with you. This is our fantasy football huddle. We start this every year. We try to do it every week, but depending on what's going on in the other world of sports, uh, we, we sometimes don't get it in every week. But we certainly try to get our thoughts about everything in up on the social media as well, which hopefully you're following us on social media at T-Balance and on the book of faces, uh, The Balance. Well, let's just start right here. Let's just rip this Band-Aid open and let's just start talking about Anthony Richardson of Colts. Uh, I mean, he's getting a starting job. Now, I, I'm curious how many people, first of all, is stupid enough to draft a quarterback in the very first round this year. I could see maybe in years past where you wanted to jump on a Peyton Manning or a Tom Brady, but I don't see it this year. Anthony Richardson, the theme of rushing quarterback is, uh, you know, big again this season, which brings us to AR. Can we call him AR? Anthony Richardson. And, of course, right here in our backyard, he's our new franchise quarterback. We hope, we pray. I'm very cautious to say that he is going to be our new franchise quarterback. That is the plan, and that is the roadmap that is set forward. Uh, for Anthony Richardson out there at West 56th Street here in Indianapolis. Um, so it, it, this player, yeah, Richardson, is going to either be the biggest boom or the biggest bust potential, especially when it comes to fantasy football. What I would do, uh, I first of all, I never draft a quarterback in the first round anyway, but I would certainly let him fall a little bit. It's fine. He's got – you just got to remember he's a rookie. He hasn't played a lot of games. We just don't know what we don't know. So, but they did a 
uh, a complete 180 on the quarterback position after, boy, have we had some issues. Don't get me started in our uh, uh, prime time options, if you will. Bill Rivers, Carson Wentz, Nick Foles, Matt Ryan, and the list goes on over the last few years. We are ready. We are ready for the Colts to have a good quarterback. And I think that he will be, um, you know, despite completing less than 55% of his passes are over his one and a half seasons, the uh, college seasons, I should say. The Colts uh, are all in on Richardson. And I have to say, as a fan, I am too. I would say also, though, it's a little too early to start him. I know a lot of people aren't in that camp with me. And they're like, oh, you know, he's got Michael Pittman Jr., he's got Alex Pierce, he's got Josh Downs. So we'll we'll see. <clears throat> you know, he could have, like I said, a high potential of being a big uh, breakout for you or a uh, bust for you. Now let's move on to a running back, if you will. Now here's what I always do when I draft. I draft my first two running backs uh, to begin with. Uh, first in the draft because uh, they do yield you the most points, especially in a uh, rushing scoring type situation. Alexander Madsen, running back from Minnesota, uh, probably the most obvious breakout candidate in the, in the head of the 2023 season. Alexander Madison or Madison uh, uh, figures out most of Dalvin Cook's role, which has been historically uh, produced very high running touches, that sort of thing with the release of Cook. As we know, uh, the Vikings are missing that third highest touch percentage, around 74%. And the sixth touch, the sixth touches, uh, highest touches percentage within the five-yard line of 60% from last season. So not to mention a whooping 56 targets. And uh, I think he's he's a must-have. And I would certainly... Now, do you take him as 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 your as your RB one right away? <clears throat> I mean, with Dalvin Cook gone, it certainly is a a a thought. But there again, I I the Covenant first round pick, I tried to make that for a guy that who I really feel good about. Who who is that guy? And and maybe we have some time today to to get into some player rankings. Maybe not. Uh, but who is that guy? And that's who you want to draft in your first round, depending especially depending on if you're in a um, where you're at in the draft. Uh, most leagues, our leagues, when we when we draft, we do what's called a snake draft, where the first round, whoever we randomize the, the draft order, and whoever is the uh, main uh, number one pick, for example, the number one pick will then be the last. So let's say you have twelve. Uh, in your league, he'll be uh, number 12 in round two and number one in round three. So it just gives everybody a fair advantage of being able to do that. But <clears throat> getting back to, uh, you know, Cook's uh, family value, or maybe he's got a family value. I don't know him as a person, uh, but uh, he isn't a household name in fan fantasy football after spending multiple seasons of backup to Dalvin Cook. There again, see where I link that to is that Dalvin Cook is not with the Vikings anymore. That leaves a wide open for him to be the RB1 uh, for the Minnesota Vikings. But, so this could provide himself with a massive opportunity uh, as, as in the fantasy space, that is. Um, and, you know, as, as we know in a lot of things in life, opportunity is king. And, 
if anybody's got a bigger opportunity to really shine well, it's Alexander Matson. <clears throat> However, again, I, I still reserve, do I want to draft him as my first round pick? Right now, I'm in the let's wait and see. I still got to figure it out yet. I'm still trying to figure it out myself. So uh, we'll, we'll see how, how all that plays out. Let's talk about the Detroit Lions. Maybe we'll get a little bit of talk with the Lions uh, and with uh, uh, Rick Riggin, big guy Lions guy. He's the Lions fan of the group, not to mention the Notre Dame fan of the group. But running back situation over there with the with the Detroit Lions. Sorry, I had to have a Black Rifle Coffee break. Black Rifle Coffee, blackriflecoffee.com. You can buy a bag, give a bag. It's really, really cool, really, really awesome how they do things. I think I've told you guys this story before. i got a friend who's in the Navy, and their son is on a destroyer, and that's all they serve is different <clears throat> types of Black Rifle Coffee. And they got a huge .com uh, site that you can uh, – Go on to, you can buy hats and shirts and mugs and whatever. Great place to buy uh, uh, gifts and, you know, Father's Day gifts and all of that sort of stuff. LockRifleCoffee.com. Let's talk a little bit about David Montgomery running back for the D Detroit Lions. Um, you know, and I think he would be a good solid number two, number three pick in your, where you're at, I, I wouldn't, again, I wouldn't make him your number one. David Montgomery projects, at very least, to fill Jamal Williams' role in Detroit, a role that the former Lions goalkeeper and weapon was a, just a weapon at, at, the, at the goal line. And, you know, those are the kind of uh, fantasy players you, wanna, you want to look at and how well they do is how well are they able to do that third down conversion? How well are, are they able to score? off of that one-yard line. Those are where you're going to get some points out. You need a weapon like that. And, you know, certainly Jamal Williams was that weapon. You know, we're talking again, and you can see a theme here. We're talking again that a player who who's now has the opportunity because of a player that's not in uh, the, the situation to be that player anymore. In this particular situation, we're talking about Jamal Williams, sorry, uh, Lions, no longer there. So this gets a good opportunity for David Montgomery to come in and step in and, and really be uh, a playmaker. So we, we look for him to uh, to be good. And so I would certainly look and put him on your radar. Then the next group of players that we like to look at when we're looking at our draft and we're putting our draft players together is our wide receivers, especially when you have a player like Anthony Richardson, which we think he's going to be one of those uh, passing quarterbacks, although we want him to be a running quarterback at first, at least. When I say we, I mean the Indianapolis Colts. I know you don't know this, but I'm a part owner of the Indianapolis Colts. <laughs> Me and old Jimmy. Me and old Jimmy boy. But one of the players I would be looking at uh, in the wide receiver position is Christian Watson. Um, yeah, I, he does have his detractors. I like his role in the Packers offense and how how he used to how he's used down the stretch. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know the talking heads are going to tell me right now. I can hear them in my ears. Ah, oh, he's not going to stay healthy. Ah, oh, he's he's going to be crap. He sucks. What are you going to draft him for? I'm going to draft him because he's going to score me some points. And here's the good thing: he'd be, he'd be great uh, trade bait if needed. And if it doesn't work out. One of the beauty things about uh, 
one of the uh, things about fantasy football, you can always drop them and pick up another player. But, uh, you know, or put him on the waiver wire or what have you. But, yes, it, it, there is truth to the fact that he has battled in, injuries last season. Uh, but, you know, we'll, we'll see. I, I just think that, that he's, he's turned the corner on that. I think, honestly, he's a, he's a true uh, wide receiver one, WR1 in fantasy posting, 17.2 fantasy points per game with a, a 27% target share. To me, that's a good that's a good stat to look at uh, when you're looking at your running back. Watson will likely show some touchdown regression due to his sophomore, uh, in, I mean, sorry, in his sophomore season, sorry. Can't talk on a Saturday morning. But, uh, yeah, 917-889-8516 is our digits if you want to call and join in this uh, fantasy football huddle conversation. Uh, like I said, as as the season goes on, we'll have, uh, uh, you know, our fantasy football players on with us and talking a little bit about, you know, our conversations about some of these players that we're having now very, very well might um, change. <laughs> I, I might be I might be the guy with egg on his face and say, ah, you were talking about so-and-so, you were talking about so-and-so. Another wide receiver that I'm looking at, uh, even though he is in the AFC South, uh, you know, we'll see how this all plays together. But Nico Collins is, is uh, going outside of the top 60 at wide receiver. Uh, so we'll see. I, I don't, again, this is not one of my top players I would do. I would draft four uh, wide receivers in your league. Um, so you've got some to, to move around. With, but I think he's going to be a good target, uh, and so we'll see. Uh, so, I mean, he's got a good, a high upside. So you know, we'll look at look at him possibly. Uh, Nico Collins with the Texans. I keep my eyes uh, sharply on the Texans as they are in the AFC South, and you know, honestly, they're going to probably be a, a very good team to 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 contend with in the AFC South. So uh, we'll we'll see what happens. So those are just some of the players that I would that I would uh, look at. If you want to kind of look at your quarterbacks or wide receivers or tight ends, and we didn't talk about the tight ends, you know, certainly uh, I don't have my list of tight ends here with me. But tight ends are great, a great option. They've They've scored me a lot of points over the years, so. Look at your tight ends. So, you know, this happens every every year. When we get into fantasy football, we get into fantasy football talk. We put a lot of value on one player and not so much value on, on another player. But, hey, it's fantasy football draft season, and this, that's what we do. That's, that, that's my favorite aspect of, of uh, preparing for draft day. Is, is how much stock do we put in one player as opposed to another player? Uh, it's the delicious preseason activity. <laughs> delicious. You're a delicious preseason activity. <laughs> Identify. Identifying overvalued and undervalued players. Now that we've crossed the halfway point of August, can you believe that? And I, I'm starting to see it a little bit in the weather. We had a lot of rain this week, year. We've had this week. We've had a lot more rain than what we've had. Uh, all's coming around the corner. It won't be long yet. You know, I have to put away those flip flops and shorts. 
unless you're one of those guys, 20 below zero wearing shorts. <laughs> there are those guys. Uh, I am not one of those guys, but uh, I digress. Most of the notable free agent skill position players have signed with their teams or ones that want to be free agent. Uh, <clears throat> Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> I promise we will get we'll get it. Maybe we'll get into that conversation with Tony here in a few minutes. But let me just say this: if you have not figured it out yet, do not draft Jonathan Taylor at all. Stay away from him in your fantasy league. He should not be anywhere on your fantasy league. No way, no how, no shape. So there you go. If you want your nugget locket blood lock. Recommendation from El Presidente for your fantasy football draft. Do not, the fact that I'm even telling you that, oh, either says something about me or says something about you. But let's, what we, we do have the ability now, I think, to clearly identify the value of, of, of players. And so, you know, what, what are those? Who are those players? What, and, and that's the process that you go through right now who are those players you know and you know kind of what i would be looking at right now if i was to draft right like today you know i i i would kind of mix up my first round uh, uh picks and and drafts it i do this from time to time but most most of the time what i do is i do my running backs my wide receivers uh i usually don't even get into the quarterback until you know, eight, nine, ten down, you know, just because they're going to be there. They're going to be there. Now, I know a lot of people are like, oh, I got to get this quarterback. Well, in in theory, the quarterback is not going to score you a lot of points unless he's a passing quarterback. And you've got to have a wide receiver that can catch the ball to get those fantasy combo points. That's where you're going to make your your scores and your points off of your quarterback in that fantasy uh, league, in most leagues. Uh, it is that combination pass to wide receiver, wide receiver running, those combinations. Typically, when you have a very good uh, wide receiver and a very good quarterback, your quarterback uh, scores go up. Those that don't, don't. So I, I just kind of tend away from that for a while. So let's just kind of look at my uh, – well, we still got a, a few minutes left here. Uh, let's let's kind of just look at, at what I would do as I put things together uh, in my my fantasy draft breakdown. Now again, I, I'm just uh, going by what I would have right now with my player rankings. I don't know where I'm drafting at yet, uh, but I mentioned uh, a wide a running back for uh, Minnesota, and I also said he wouldn't be my my first round pick. I'm going to go with Justin Jeffers Jefferson, wide receiver of Minnesota. Then I'm going to look at Christian McCaffrey, running back San Francisco, brand new team. He's away from Carolina. He's away from the in injuries. Sometimes a fresh start can do a lot. And I, I've had Christian McCaffrey before, and he has stung me, and before he has did me well. So I think I, if he's available, I certainly am going to give him the opportunity uh, to be one of my first-round picks. I'm going to go with Jamar Chase, wide receiver with Cincinnati. Austin Eckler, running back, L.A. Chargers. Cooper F. Cooper, Cooper Cup, sorry. Wide receiver for the L.A. Rams. The other L.A. And Travis Kelsey. 
and those of you that have keeper leagues and, you know, say, hey, we got to keep one guy from last year uh, and, and uh, so, or we have to give up our first round pick, that type of keeper league. Travis Kelsey is definitely the guy that I would keep on your roster. Uh, he has got that magic duo between him and Patrick Mahomes. I'm all about the Kelsey, both Kelsey brothers. I like them both uh, from the from the Eagles and uh, with. Uh, but I, I think if I can get Travis Kelsey as my tight end, that's that's just as good as a running back, and sometimes just as good as a wide receiver. I'm gonna look at Tyree Kill, wide receiver for Miami. I'm also gonna look at Shaquan Barkley. Yeah, I know, right? Kind of surprised myself too. Here's the thing: he's got a brand new contract. Oh, hey, Jonathan Taylor, he's got a brand new contract. He didn't anywhere near. What you've got, and you're not near as good of a quarterback as a uh, running back as Shaquan Bar- Barkley. Get this deal done over in Indianapolis here, here in Indianapolis. I'm also going to be looking at Stephon Diggs, wide receiver for Buffalo. Great opportunity there. And then some, some of my other running backs, I'm going to be looking at John Robinson, A.J. Brown with Philadelphia, Devontae Adams, uh, wide receiver with, with Vegas. And early on, before all of this crap with Jonathan Taylor happened, I had him in my look-see. He is no longer in my look-see. <laughs> he shouldn't be yours as well. Had a squirrel go by my window here. <laughs> I look at Nick Chubb. Of course, your quarterbacks, you want to look at Patrick Mahomes, obviously, right now. That would be a good, solid quarterback. Jalen Hurts would be a good, solid quarterback uh, to look in if you in a perfect world of puppy dogs and butterflies, uh, the perfect world would be something like Jalen Hurts and and Patrick Mahomes and and and, and again, don't fall into this. Uh, don't fall into my draft being. Don't be that guy that determines my draft order by bye week. Um, think about it this way: in order for that to come into play. There'd have to be no injuries. There'd have to be everybody. So there's going to be injuries. We're going to lose players. We're going to lose quarterbacks. Things are going to happen along the way. And so the bye weeks aren't going to going to match up. So I would stick away from being that bye week. Oh, I gotta I gotta match up my quarterback and my wide receiver and all the all their bye weeks match up. That's an age old strategy that I think has proven itself. Uh, To, to be no longer relevant. No longer relevant. My name is Al Marquez, El Presidente. You are relevant. 917-889-8516 is our digits. Stick around. We're supposed to have Tony Donahue of the Tony D Podcast and the Fan Place right here on the Balance Radio Network. I got a feeling deep within my soul. Right now I really need to let you know That each time I've fallen down inside that hole You came and showed me there's a way to go So we can love deeper, fly higher
The Air National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mates. No, they're my eyes. Quit moving. It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA. Love your home. Oh, hi. Uh, seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? No, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted, so I don't, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Lekwa Pique, which of course in the Indonesian, like, oh, let me finish. In the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they investor philanthropists? Do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes, but it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wanting. Do you have any? You know what? Actually, I'm, I'm just going to order it. They make it fresh and roasted. Okay. Right. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. Welcome back to The Balance. My name is Tom Mark Wissell, Presidente. Thanks for enduring along with me as we began our fantasy football huddle. And uh, we'll, as the, the season progresses, we'll have uh, some fantasy football players from our league on to talk about their fantasy football league. But, uh, hey, you just had me for the first half hour to kind of break down my draft strategy. Joining us now, Tony Donahue of the Tony D Podcast and the Fan Place, who's also a balanced fantasy football player. How are you, sir? In my first fantasy draft of the year the other night, and I ended up with the first overall pick, which usually isn't all that good, right? Because then you got to wait and it comes back around. Uh, but I did end up with the first pick. My strategy, which people may not agree with, but I went ahead and just took Christian McCaffrey. I mean, I'm hoping the guy stays healthy. He's out there almost every play. Um, he 
he can come back and uh it'd just be interesting to see what he can do so that was my uh that was my strategy with the number one pick there today I love it, and you know what? Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm in your camp with, with Christian McCaffrey. I don't know that I'd draft you number one, but I certainly would make him in my top picks, depending on where my – if I had the number one pick, I don't know that I'd draft him, but if I had, like, number five or number six, I probably definitely would. I, I've had him when he's had his good years, and he did me well in Carolina, and then I've had him when he's had his bad years, and it just sucked. And, but I, I think a good, a good uh, move to him to San Francisco is good for him, good for fantasy football, so good for you. So do you do like a, do you have a strategy to where you do like running back, running back, wide receiver, wide receiver, or do you just kind of like go with your gut as as who's ever available at the time? It's usually uh, who's there. Um, I think you could plug and play running backs throughout the entire season. Um, you know, you want to try to get a number one guy, but you also want to. I always try to make sure I got a number one, as many number one wide receivers and even a couple number twos as possible. So. Um, I did reach, um, you know, when you come back around, when you had that first pick, come back around and you got back to back, I did go ahead and take Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I like having Patrick Mahomes. He's one of my favorite quarterbacks in the league. He's usually pretty durable. And, uh, yeah, just interesting to see what that'll be like. But, yeah, I, I do like Patrick Mahomes. I mean, he's he's exciting. You know, you're going to be able to watch almost every Chiefs game on TV, um, and he should be putting up numbers for you. Perfect, uh, perfect uh, world of puppy dogs and butterflies would be Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes in, in my in my theory for quarterback. Well, let's uh, let's move on into uh, lots. Let's get a quick recap of last week. You and I were out at the media center at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Thanks for jumping in studio with us uh, last week and, and talking some racing with us. Uh, your look, obviously, you cover uh, been covering IndyCar for a while, so we'll get your take on the IndyCar side of things as well as the NASCAR side. I mean, well, it, it, you can't get you can't you can't map out a better race. Uh, and you know Graham Rahal and uh, his his what has happened over the last couple of months is so much there and then to get beat out by Scott Dixon I mean he, the the guy is a is a is a unicorn 19 years of straight wins the guy is just uh, unstoppable he's a superhero out there there's a reason they call him the Iceman but what were your takeaways of the IndyCar uh, Grand Prix out there at, at Indianapolis Motor Speedway last week? Yeah, when Graham put it on the pole on Friday and then Christian Lungard, his teammate, qualified second year going, okay, you know, the storyline right here is the comeback of Ray Hall, Letterman, Lanigan racing after, after you know, struggling at the Indianapolis 500 a few months prior. Yeah, it's totally different going from the oval to the road course. But, but still, to come back um, and to kind of get vengeance from what happened in the month of May, obviously Graham doesn't qualify for the 500. He ends up back in uh, with Jared Reinbold racing. But – uh, and then it was okay. They're on the front row. Can they can they finish it off? Can they get a win? They've got a win already this season, up in the street to Toronto when Christian Lungard dominated that race. Can they, you know, can they keep it up front? And they did. The strategy just didn't play out. I mean, look, you go into turn one, and you're making moves, and Devlin makes that huge move, and Scott Dixon gets spun around. And I just I thought to myself, you know what? There's a way Scott Dixon's going to somehow now come in, save fuel and be able to stretch this and end up on the podium. We've seen it so many times. He's the master of saving fuel and working a strategy. That's exactly what he did. Um, and Graham was chasing him down. Graham was getting there, but he just ran out of laps. Scott Dixon pretty much snags one. Um, but still a good finish for Graham in second place. And, uh, you know, Christian Lungard comes home fourth. And, and, and I said to myself, you know, it's good for them to be disappointed with a second and a fourth. You know, if, if they start 13th and 15th and finish second and fourth, they're going to be excited about it. But 
the fact that they both thought that they should have won, um, you know, was was uh, a, a good way to be disappointed in a second and a fourth place finish. But again, Scott Dixon is just Scott Dixon. I mean, he's one of the best of all time, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. 19 straight seasons uh, with, with with a win. Uh, there's a reason why he's one of the best drivers ever, and 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 certainly the best driver of this generation over the last 25 to 30 years. So. Um, yeah, looking forward to seeing what they uh, do next week in St. Louis. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the, the other storyline here, and, and, and Graham kind of touched on with my question to him. I said, you got stung in May and you got stuck here. Which team's worse? And he he, he kind of aligned with the fact that, hey, red tires were doing what black tires were supposed to be doing. Black tires were doing what red tires were supposed to be doing. And they just couldn't figure out the whole tire situation. Maybe talk with us a little bit about that That for the novice fans that maybe listen or just go to the track, don't really understand, okay, what are they talking about? Red tires, black tires, why is one tire better than the other? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's supposed to be on the black tires. You aren't, you know, as quick off the gate, but they but they certainly last longer, and it's, it's, it's a little bit more of a durable tire. And the red tires are supposed to, you know, really you know, boost up your speed. Uh, make you go fast, and uh, they're supposed to die off. And, and really, the Reds didn't die off as much as people probably thought that they were going to. So, um, yeah, it was just it was a lot of fun uh, to see that. But when you, you know, when you when you're watching, you got to come up with a strategy and what tires you want to be on towards the end of the race. Um, you know, usually you want to be on reds to start, so you can go 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 at the beginning. Maybe get a yellow. Um, but we saw different strategies throughout the day. So you know, you have to run both tires. You have to run the red tire. You have to run the black tire at least once. Um, the red usually dies off, kind of fades a little bit. It's, it's less durable, but a lot faster. The black tire is a little bit more durable and lasts longer, but may not be faster, you know, towards the beginning of the run. So, um, yeah, it was just different, man. It was just super hot, and it just didn't seem like the, the red tires fell off as much as maybe they thought they were going to. Well, big news broke out this week, and we knew it was going to happen. It was the worst-kept secret in, in racing. But Kyle Larson in uh, Hendrick Motorsports and Errol McLaren uh, decided that they're doing the double. That's great. We haven't seen the double in a long time. And I know a lot of people already say if anybody has a chance to do very, very well and have two top ten finishes in the double, it's Kyle Larson. Wouldn't put it past Kyle Larson. Man, does he have some good-looking cars. So he's going to be doing the uh, rookie test in, in October. Uh, but we get to we get to cover Kyle Larson and really certainly love his story over the past few years and what he's been able to do. And I've just become a personal fan of Kyle Larson myself. I really enjoyed talking with him at the media center this past week. I really had a chance to uh, meet uh, him and talk with him personally, and I enjoyed that. But uh, Kyle Larson is going to be doing the double next next year. That obviously is the NEA 500, and then later that day the Coca-Cola 600 uh, down in Charlotte, in North Carolina. Uh, talk with us a little bit about why a lot of drivers don't do that and why Kyle, why Kyle Larson is a perfect fit to do the double. Yeah, I mean, Kyle Larson is such a good open-wheel driver when it comes to sprint cars, and he won the Knoxville Nationals last week and then came back and ran the, the Brickyard the next day of the Verizon 200. Um, you know, one, it's cool because, like you said, it doesn't happen that often. I think the last person to try to attempt it was Kurt Busch back in 2014. Uh, it's hard to do. It's hard to do 1,100 miles. I mean, you know, your body loses, you know, 8 to 10 pounds during the Indianapolis 500, and you really have to work towards, um, you know, recovering your body and making sure that the right nutrition is going in and the right hydration is going in. Um, and, and, and really, if anything goes wrong at Indy, whether it's a crash or it's raining, 
You know, that could, that could push things back and push the schedule back. And obviously his number one job is, is running in the NASCAR Cup Series. And his number one job is keeping that number five Hendrick Motorsports uh, Chevy up towards the front and, and, and in the playoff push. It's cool because he's one of the best drivers right now. I mean, he's he, he can go run anything and race well. He's in an exciting car with, with Aaron McLaren. And, you know, there's just so many Kyle Larson fans. He's a sprint car driver who cut his teeth on some of the short tracks here in Indy, the short tracks in the state of Indiana, the short tracks all over the country, got his chance, went to, Na- went to NASCAR Xfinity because that's where the money was. And now he's got a chance to, uh, you know, come over, run the Indianapolis. It's showing how much the 500 continues to grow. You know, for the longest time, everybody wanted to do the 500, and you weren't. You know, you, you couldn't really be measured as a race car driver until you ran the Indianapolis 500. And Kyle Larson, who, who seemingly has ran everything, um, is going to do this, and it's going to bring a lot of new eyes to the sport. It's going to be an exciting storyline to follow, and, and I can't wait to see him in October coming up here with this, with this first rookie test. Well, I'm really excited to see what's going to happen in St. Louis. This is a great track that they've been able to open back up at Gateway, the World uh, Technology Raceway. Uh, all the 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 Indy Knicks uh, series is going to be there. Of course, the IndyCar series is going to be there. I love that track. It's a lot of fun. Give us a preview of what's coming up next week for one of the final races of IndyCar. Yeah, um, Gateway is always interesting, man. I mean, you look at the weather, unfortunately, it looks like it's going to be like 100 degrees. So, um, I'm hoping I'm going to be talking yeah, to you next next Saturday morning in like the media center or in a car with air conditioning. It's going to be super hot. Um, the track's yeah. going to be slick. Turn one's already extremely tough. Um, you know, it's 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 a, like a three in the afternoon race next Sunday, so it's not even a night race anymore. It's not even on Saturday anymore where it was last year. So, um, man, I uh, I don't know. I, I, I it's going to be tough. Alex Pillow just needs to cover eight points over Joseph Newgard, and he'll have the season championship locked up over uh, over uh, the final two races. And we'll see if guys like Marcus Erickson or Felix Rosenquist or even, you know, guys like, you know, that are looking for rides for next year. You know, Hunter Daly will be in a car next week at, at St. Louis. But, but some of these drivers that – that are really in the thick of where are they going to be next year? Are they going to lose their ride? Are they going to move? That's, that's Grosjean. That's Marcus Erickson. Um, there's, there's a ton of other drivers that are going to be on the move next year. And how well do they factor in next week in the final oval race of the season? Real quickly, let's talk about the breaking news that's happened over the last 24 hours. Two uh, NASCAR Truck Series drivers, although they're part-time, not full-time drivers, have been suspended indefinitely. Chris Hacker, obviously, we know him from Noblesville uh, here around the Indianapolis. He competed in the last week at, at the Indianapolis uh, uh, Truck Race. He's also competed in a couple Xfinity races. Uh, but it looks like his his racing days are over. Uh, to me, you you got to ask yourself to – the risk outweigh the reward in a situation. You know, I we've all been there. We've all had stuff to drink, but in the world of, of Ubers and everything else, this just seems like a senseless thing to happen. Fortunately, nobody was hurt. But on the other question that I would have, and maybe this will change, it seems like an indefinite suspension for a first offense. It, it seems a little excessive. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, look, NASCAR puts you through policies and, and, and puts you through courses where you're not supposed to gamble, where you're not supposed to be drinking and driving, you're not supposed to be taking certain substances, and you get tested. Um, unfortunately, the kid made a mistake. You know, you, you don't know how much he had to drink. You Hopefully it wasn't too much. 
Um, you get in trouble for it, uh, you know, and, and honestly, it's probably just going to be one of those things where he's going to have to take some courses. He's going to have to probably sit out the rest of the year, go to, go to alcohol rehab, learn, um, you know, learn, learn from his mistake and he'll be back. I mean, you know, it's an indefinite suspension for now, but you know, most of these drivers, yeah. especially if they have, they'll get a second opportunity. You learn from it. You hope it doesn't happen again. You do your, you, you know, you do your community service, you, you pay your fine, you do your time. And I think we'll see him back out there. I don't want to get into his career, um, but certainly probably ends his 2023 season. I think he had a couple more races left. And, um, you know, you just hope you live and learn. This, this, this continues to happen on a daily basis, whether it's a NASCAR driver or anybody in general. Uh, unfortunately, it's not going to stop because people think that they're a little bit more invincible than what they are. Um, and, you know, sometimes you get caught doing it. And unfortunately, we're all probably guilty of it at some point, whether we had a drink or two. Of, of, of driving when we maybe shouldn't have mm-hmm. and you know yeah. hopefully we just continue to get better as a society and, and learn from others mistakes yeah absolutely i wish him the best of luck it looks like he had a lot of potential it, it was indeed following very much but certainly have have read a lot about it, it looks like he, he's a very talented driver so hopefully he can, he can get things together now the worst kept secret in, in racing uh obviously josh Berry set to replace kevin harvick in the 2024 nascar cup season obviously we know kevin harvick is retiring uh great uh move by doug Bowles, give him a a, a bronze brick uh for uh, his time and contribution to racing kevin harvick obviously a legend hall of famer uh he's retiring josh Berry to, to fill that seat um what are your thoughts? I think Josh Berry has, has earned his spot. If anybody has worked and white knuckled their way through to get a, a good spot, and, and we heard Stewart, uh, I mean Tony Stewart, talk about this a few weeks ago. You know, I don't, I don't want somebody just because they're born in racing to be uh, my guy. And so we know that Josh Berry is is a blue collar worker and has worked his way all the way through the series and has earned his ride uh, with uh, uh, Stewart Haas. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, look, this is a guy that's had opportunities with uh, the five car, as we know, um, filling in for Kyle Larson a little earlier in the season. Uh, did pretty decent. Had a good run, I believe, at Martinsville on the short track. He's a short track racer. Uh, you know, he's going to have to learn to be competitive on the road courses. Um, obviously, with more road courses than ever in NASCAR, even though the one at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway is going to go away, um, it'll still be interesting to see what he can do. And, 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 I, and I like what Tony Stewart said. You know, it's exactly right. We see it in IndyCar all the time. This guy may have talent, but he doesn't have the money. So we got to take the guy with the money and not the talent. And, you know, unfortunately, that that happens nine out of ten times. You, you, we may see drivers never even get the, the right opportunity, the right chance they deserve based off their talent because they just simply don't have the money. Um, obviously, Tony Stewart has a lot of money, so he can go and get whatever driver he wants, which he's done. And we'll see what Josh Berry can do. I mean, he'll be really good. On 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 the on the short ovals, can he compete on the road courses? Still yet to be seen. But um, you know what? I'm going to believe in Tony Stewart when it comes to who he puts in his in, in his cars, and we'll see if Josh Berry's the guy that can get it done. Hey, you know, real quickly before we let you go, I want to get your thoughts on Noah Gregson. And, and Noah Gregson, obviously, he suspended uh, for something that happened. We don't really need to get into all of the the details, but obviously, some immaturity or my understanding. Is it that he just likes something at the wrong time about the wrong incident, and obviously very, very to that. Uh, so he got suspended. But there's that conspiracy theory put on your tinfoil hat that 
Legacy Motorsports wanted to get rid of him, wanted to find a way to get rid of him because they're moving over to Toyota next year. Does Noah come back? Uh, does he uh, get another ride? It seems like, actually, if you want my opinion, I think Kyle Larson's uh, actions was far more severe than Noah Gregson's actions. And Kyle had to fight his way back clearly. We know that he he's it could happen. And I, I, I like Noah. I mean, we, we saw him get into to it in pit road a few weeks ago. I like his driving, but I think we knew that it was just a matter of time that Noah was going to get in his own way. Does he come back in another car? And do you what do you buy into the conspiracy that the Legacy Motor Club wanted to get rid of him anyway because they're moving to Toyota? Yeah, I mean, look, I think the, the situation was was tough. Was it the most egregious thing in the world? No. Was it unnecessary? Did he do something that, you know, just was unnecessary? Yes. And he got caught. Fortunately, I've talked to many people, and a lot of people don't realize this. And actually, it happened to the media center last week with somebody. When you like a tweet, it sometimes gets put into somebody's timeline that such and such like this tweet. It's almost equivalent to a retweet. And people can click on your profile, and people can click and see what you've liked. And unfortunately, um, it was uh, it was a very um, I wouldn't I, I don't know how to describe the tweet that he liked, but it was it was unnecessary for him to like it. He just didn't simply need to. Um, as far as the Legacy Motor Motor Club goes, look here's here here's why this is a big deal. It's because it's Noah Gregson and the history and the past that he's had of wrecks and fights and temper tantrums and saying the wrong thing mm-hmm. and kind of. Yep. Be- being in the ass. So his his yeah. his record precedes him. The Kyle Larson situation, look, um, that was during the pandemic. It, it it was it was an accident what he said and he served the price for it. I mean he lost his ride. Oh he did. Uh, now that he end up did he end up back in a better ride? Yeah, that's not gonna happen with Noah Gregson. We're gonna see Noah Gregson probably go back to Xfinity or maybe run with one of the back marker teams in NASCAR. Um it's just unfortunate. And you know, honestly, it's just dumb. It's just it's just so dumb when you when you do something that's so preventable like that. Like it's just so easy to not. If you feel like you need to do it, then get off Twitter. And he's gonna have to serve and pay the consequences for it. Um, it was an unfortunate tweet that he liked. And you know, look, the internet's undefeated. When you do something, and people aren't gonna forget. And when you do something, people are going to see it, and people are going to find out. So. Um, again, back to like the DUI we talked about. There's training that these drivers go through. They constantly go through hours of don't do this, don't do this. And I just know that some drivers probably know a Gregson are probably sitting there going, oh, I already know all this stuff. Of course I'm not going to do this, yada, yada, yada. And they probably don't pay attention to it. And then something dumb like yeah. this where you like a tweet that you shouldn't can cost you a, 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 an okay ride in NASCAR and really put, um, you know, now now there's this, Huge, like it was already. No, Gregson was already a guy that you knew was was probably going to say something or was kind of going to be a, an ass about some things, and you kind of knew that going in. Now you're going, well, do I want to take him as a race car driver? Because God knows what's going to happen next to him. Absolutely. Well, real quickly, go back to last week, and, and, and you know, uh, the Indianapolis Motor Speedway has a way of, of drivers getting fans or losing fans. Uh, but it so does Daytona. I love this Michael McDowell story. I was a fan of Michael McDowell before last week, but I'm really a fan this week. He's now he may not win a lot of races, but he's won it at two of the biggest 
racetracks in in the world. He's a Daytona 500 winner, and he's now well, which, which used to be a Brickyard 400, but still a winner at Brickyard. Michael McDowell's story. Now he goes and we go into Gateway this weekend. I mean, uh, it's a feel-good story. What, give us a recap of the NASCAR race last week, and certainly uh, give us a peek of what's going on in NASCAR this week. Uh, Steve can't join us; he's got some other NASCAR commitments. But uh, so, and then we'll let we'll let you go there, sir. But what are your thoughts on Michael McDowell, and then what are your thoughts on Gateway this weekend? Star heads to Watkins Glen this weekend, which will be good. If you look at what Michael McDowell did last week on a on a road course, now he stays on a road course. He's kind of been a road course ringer. He's been really good at the road course races as well as the restrictor plates. I mean, you know, you and I talked about this back in 2021. I always I always put a little something on Michael McDowell to win on the big restrictor plates, and obviously that paid off in the Daytona 500 a few years ago. Um, yeah, and, and now he's he's in the playoffs. You're going to continue to, to earn playoff points, and I think he's going to be a contender this week at Watkins Glen. It's, you know, you look at the next two races before the playoffs end. Watkins Glen this week. Daytona next week, road course race, restrictor play race. Those are the races that Michael McDowell are really good at. So he should have some momentum going into the playoffs. But can that lower-funded team compete at Darlington? Can it compete, you know, at races like Martinsville that are going to be in the playoffs that maybe he's not so good at? Um, it'll be interesting to see how that works out. Um, him and him and him and uh, Chris Busher are really holding, carrying the flag for the Ford camp or the Ford um, drivers. So I think he'll do good the next two weeks, but let's see what he can do once he gets out of the playoffs. As far as the Brickyard weekend goes, I mean, it was it was it was a lot of fun. You know, unfortunately, it's going to be taken away. It's it's the only place that can host both IndyCar and NASCAR and get it done the way that they do. Kudos so much to Doug Bowles and that team for what they put together and and how many you know the manpower and and what it takes to set uh, on. Um, but just excited to see um, the Brickyard come back to the Oval. And, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I thought it was a good weekend. I thought it was a lot of fun. Unfortunately, it's probably going to go away with, with the Brickyard coming on the Oval next yeah. week. And, and yeah, if you're looking for an underdog and somebody you want to cheer for throughout the playoffs, why not Michael McDowell? Who's your $5 Xfinity pick for today, sir? I don't think they qualified yet. They may have, but yeah. Who's your, who's your pick for today for Xfinity? Um, Xfinity, let me look at the, uh, let me look at the qualifying order here. Um, should be I, didn't qualify, I didn't know if they qualified yet. But. Yeah, uh, qualifying's coming up today. Just give me AJ Allmendinger. I mean, he's usually pretty good on the road courses. Um, and then Cup tomorrow. That's going to be a tough one, um, you know, because anything can happen. But I think tomorrow is the day. He knocked on the door last week, finished second. I think he'll qualify well today. I think tomorrow is the day that we see Chase Elliott finally break through, get that win on the season, and punch his ticket at the very last moment to the playoffs coming up in two weeks. Well, I hope uh, Almondinger has a better uh, cup uh, car than he did last week. We had a chance to talk with him in the media center. He was not happy. Uh, Post-qualifying there at at, at Indy, and he was certainly not happy. But that's all another day I said. Uh, can I call you Dingers? You can call me whatever you want. He was just staring me down. He was staring everybody down. So anyway, uh, I, I like it. So Tony Donahue of the Tony G Podcast and the Fan Place. Where can people find your work and masterpiece, sir? Uh, download us today. Play in our contest. We've got cash prizes coming up. You can earn tokens to local businesses. And uh, we're going to have some cool NASCAR stuff coming up over the next couple of weeks. Look forward to it, Tony. Have yourself a good weekend. We'll talk with you soon. You too. Take care.
Tony Donahue of the Tony D podcast stepping in and helping us out with both IndyCar and NASCAR and uh, giving them us a little bit of his fantasy football draft strategy. He is also in our fantasy football league. Speaking of fantasy football league, right around the corner, standing by the Bells Greenway room is a good friend of the show, yet stranger. Uh, he has made his return to talk some Notre Dame uh, football with us and maybe a little bit of a uh, fantasy football strategy. We'll see what's going on with Rick Riggin coming back right here on the Balance Radio Network. LA, we were teenage dreaming, frosty leaning, baby, come give me a kiss. Put me on the cover of the Rolling Stone Uptown Down Home American Kids. Growing up in little National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family. So the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, What is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mates. It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA Sultan mattresses. IKEA. Love your home. Oh, hi. Uh, Seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? (laughs) No, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. Well, it is... Great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted, so I don't, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Lekwa Pique, which of course in the Indonesian language, let me finish, in the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they investor philanthropists? Do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes, but it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wanting. Do you have any? You know what, actually, I'm, I'm just gonna order it. They make it fresh and roasted. Okay. Right. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. What you talking about? What you talking about? What you talking about? What you, what you talking about? What you 
right, welcome back to the balance. My name is Mark Russell, President. Thank you, Tony Donahue, the Tony D Podcast and Fan uh, Place, uh, joining us, talking some IndyCar and NASCAR, what's going on there as as well. And uh, he's already had one fantasy football draft, uh, so he talked with us a little bit about how that he's going to be in our fantasy football this year again. Uh, and then uh, thank you for myself uh, for doing the fantasy football huddle uh, all by myself today. But uh, hopefully throughout the year we'll have some of our fantasy football players uh, to join us and talk with us about their strategy and their draft. Joining us now, uh, a man who's no stranger to the show. He's just not been around for a while. we got to give him a hard time. Mr. Rick Riggin, uh, the uh, super-duper Notre Dame uh, fan, the loudest guy in the room when it comes to Notre Dame. Who better to come on and talk to Notre Dame college football, a little college football with us as well, because Adam Jibbidan, our official college football co-pilot, is uh, out of town on work. Rick, welcome back to The Balance. How are you, my friend? Tom, it's going pretty good. It's been a little while. How the hell are you? Hey, man, I'm good. Plugging away every every single day, enjoy, enjoying life as as it is. So, Working yeah, good, it's hard. It's, good. Yeah, it's hard to believe that uh, man, the Irish play next Saturday. We're just a week away. <laughs> it, it comes we'll back around fast. So I know you're in our fantasy football draft as well. Uh, fantasy football league. Do you have a? We got our draft coming up. Uh, we at the toward the end of next week, at the end of the month. Uh, what uh, what strategy do you have going into your fantasy football draft? I still feel like you take running backs and receivers early on and wait on a quarterback third or fourth round unless, you know, most people want to take Patrick Mahomes as, as soon as quickly as they can get him. But I think the strategy is a quarterback kind of in the mid-rounds. You want your uh, backs and receivers, you know, high up the chart. about if you got an early uh, round with Christian McCaffrey? I think with that Niners offense, there's a lot of questions with Brock Purdy, but – the only question is being that he's young, you know, still basically a rookie, even though he won't be a rookie this year. Guys like that are only as successful as their quarterback is. I know McCaffrey can run and catch. He can be a receiver. He can be a running back. He's primarily a running back. But I think Christian McCaffrey, if you can get him uh, number one, uh, I, I would take him first round, honestly. Well, I, I kind of agree with that. I mean, I, I don't know that I would pick him first, but I would say that he's, he's – I've had him – when he was with Carolina and he stung me and then I've had him and he did me well. And I feel like this move over to the West coast will be, will be uh, good for him as well. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what's going on with Christian McCaffrey, but we brought you on to talk to Notre Dame football, sir. So we got to, you know, I'm still with you. Okay. Uh, got a lot of static there for a second. So I, I real quick, yeah, I'm not sure what's going on. I hear it too on my end. I wanted to make sure that we gave a shout out to the AMBETS. That's something that's near and dear to both of us. It's especially to you, both of us being veterans. Talk with us a little bit about the AMBETS, especially the Evansville chapter where you're located at, but not necessarily Evansville. Uh, the AMBETS as an organization, what do they do? And hats off to I know we've got some people from the AMBETS listening to us today. So big shout out to them. Yeah, AMBETS nationwide and, and uh, really here in AMBETS, Indiana. Uh, we're helping veterans, you know, when they're coming out of service, uh, give them a place to go, people to talk to. Uh, we can get them uh, connected with the VA, VA and, and they can get their assistance with the VA. We can get them connected with other programs. Uh, we want our veterans, you know, 
they take care of us, right? They fight and serve and, and protect us. Now it's our turn to take care of them, and we can get them set up with programs, even with employment, to get the uh, the benefits, the assistance they need as they come back into uh, this, uh, this this civilian world. Melissa, we'll get up uh, the AMBET's uh, web information for the national web, uh, and then uh, you can pile on with the Evansville information as you want. Again, big shout out uh, to the AMBETs, all that you do. We appreciate it. Keep up the, the great work. Well, uh, Rick, it yeah, looks like and, the media and – yeah, And just real quick, and just real quick, Tom, if you're here in the Evansville area and, and just listening, hey, come check us out here at Pulse 84 here in Evansville. There's actually a craft fair going on. Uh, I think it's oh, starting cool. right about now. And going on for a, a good chunk of the day today, so come down to a, the Post 84 Barker and Broadway and give us a give us a look see. <laughs> great, honest. Uh, that, that's great stuff. Uh, well, like I started to say, it looks like the media and coaches are on the same page when it comes to Notre Dame football team. The the Fighting Irish are sitting at number thir- thirteen at the preseason uh, top twenty five poll, which was released on Monday. Uh, Obviously, we got Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, Alabama, LSU, USC, Penn State, Florida State, Clemson, Washington, Texas, Tennessee, and Notre Dame. And we like seeing Tennessee there as well as we as we root for the the Tennessee Vols. That's Melissa's team, and of course uh, the Utah Utes as well. The number thirteen spot belongs to Notre Dame. I'm going to give you the floor to talk with us a little bit about the Notre Dame. A lot last year, the Irish went nine and four, which is a good bounce back from the starting zero and two. Uh, but uh, talk with us a little bit about last year's uh, Notre Dame Fighting Irish to this year's Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Go ahead and give us your official Notre Dame football preview, sir. Well, I, for one, for a change, am just happy we're not starting out in the top ten, you know, because there's a lot of question marks uh, on this year's team. There are a lot of question marks on last year's team with uh, Marcus Freeman taking over as head coach. Uh, now this year, you know, Tommy Reese, Offensive coordinator left for Alabama. We bring in Gerard Parker, promote him up. He was the tight ends coach. Now the new offensive coordinator brought in a new quarterback, Sam Hartman, uh, from Wake Forest, the Wake Forest transfer. He's like the statistical leader in like almost every quarterback category for the ACC conference. Might be his like fifth or sixth year of eligibility, too, because he got that COVID year where they gave everybody the COVID year of eligibility. So, but, yeah, he's like the ACC leader in a lot of quarterback categories. Now he's here at Notre Dame. Uh, but the question marks is when you have a new offensive coordinator and a new quarterback, uh, a lot of times that's not really all that successful uh, in the first year. But we're going to see because they have three really big games this year, Home, uh, Ohio State at home. They got Clemson. They got USC. Uh, that's their, uh, their three-headed monster they'll have this year. And I will say – the basement, the floor for this team this year is nine and three. Obviously, the ceiling is going to be undefeated. So we'll see. I think they take two out of those three games. My opinion. Well, certainly, uh, freshman Christian uh, Gray is, is going to have a lot to give to the team. Uh, what are your outlooks when you look at these uh, freshmen? You you kind of look at them as rookies, if you will. They're still they're still trying to find their way. Uh, but uh, there's been a lot of hype about Christian Gray as he comes into uh, a camp with Notre Dame. What are your thoughts? Yeah, and really with the freshmen and the the big thing I have the the positions anyway is going. What's Notre Dame going to do at tight end? Because we do have Mitchell Evans, uh, but past that, uh, Kevin Ballman I believe is injured. 
Uh, he got some playing time last year at tight end. But then after that, we are talking about the freshman. Uh, we just lost Michael Mayer so, to the NFL. Uh, that's really big shoes to fill. So we're going to need like Eli uh, Raritan to step in as a freshman and maybe take some reps on that tight end position because uh, freshman is going to be a big key. Uh, we lost a lot in the uh, defensive backs also. So yeah, these new freshmen coming in, uh, Marcus Freeman is a great recruiter, one of the top recruiters in the country. And we're going to see a lot of uh, freshmen getting playing time this year. Well, you also gotta you, you gotta love your your guy by the name of I'd like to say this name Charles Desquash Charles Desquash. <laughs> say that right? He, Actually, I don't even know that. <laughs> <laughs> you know how to say it? Nope. <laughs> I sure don't. Well, squash. I'm gonna tell you. Squash. I'm gonna tell you the player to look out for this year is gonna have a monster. Yeah. Hey, look at Audric Estime at running back this year. I mean, he he's a he's a beast. He was a beast last year, but now the we kind of platooned that running back position with the three three running backs last year. Uh, we're not going to be doing that this year. He's going to get a heavy a heavy set of the uh, the carries, so he's going to be the bell cow for us uh, this year. So he's the one that you need to be looking out for because Notre Dame gets down inside the two three yard line, two and three yard line. Uh, you're, you're not stopping Audric estimating the backfield. It ain't happening. Well, let's talk a little bit about the big news, if you will. Uh, the the biggest of the biggest. Uh, obviously, the Big Ten is going to be the end. The, the SEC is like, you know, the Pac-12 is gone. Whatever. There, there's so much to say about the Big Ten uh, from coast to coast. Obviously, with USC, we, 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 we've now learned new teams joining I want to know, as a Notre Dame fan, and then I, I want your uh, your non-Notre Dame hat on, how does this expansion affect, because in theory, Notre Dame, if Notre Dame wasn't being their strong, independent, whatever people that they want to be, they could have bailed out the Pac-12, and they, and they chose not to. I think there's a lot of resentment toward Notre Dame because they do hang on to this independence so and I get the legacy I get the legend but at some point everybody you got to get on board with everybody else and I don't know that Notre Dame is hurting themselves but they're not helping other divisions in which they could well what divisions are helping divisions now now we're just talking about the uh, big big 10 the SEC it's really just two giant super conferences now where teams can just Leave one and join the other one whenever whenever they they feel like it. So does Notre Dame actually have this right? You know what I mean by just being independent, sitting back, watching everything plays out. Because Tom, I I honestly believe we talked about this on the show too. Uh, college football, I believe, is going to move towards taking the top thirty or forty uh, football programs in revenue, I guess, mm-hmm. and make that it's all one league. I think it's I think it's moving that way. Now, whether that be the Big Ten, the SEC, and we break that down kind of like it's the AFC, AFC and NFC and NFL or whatever it's going to be, I think we're going to eventually take the top 30 or 40 uh, money-making teams and make it its own division and it's going to, or make it its own league, and it's going to be ran like the NFL with broken down with divisions and everything else. So if you're Notre Dame, uh, they might actually have it right. They might actually have it right. They're, because in a decade from now, this is all going to be completely different, right? 
Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I don't disagree. I, I, I kind of want to see what happens. We're talking with Rick Reagan, super uh, Notre Dame fan. Uh, typically, we have uh, Adam Jividen, super Buckeyes fan on uh, with us, who's our college football co-pilot, and uh, he's out of town on work out in L.A. Uh, hopefully, he gets back before that monsoon or hurricane, whatever, is supposed to be headed uh, their way. Very rarely do you hear about that happening on the West Coast. Yeah, it's West crazy, Coast. isn't it? They're supposed to get like a year's worth of rain and. And like in a one or two day span yeah. there, Southern California. You know, you gotta think about oh, okay, mudslides and all that stuff is going to be the secondary thing. So uh, hopefully all all goes well. And I tell you, my thoughts and prayers go out to Hawaii. We digress a little bit, but man, I don't know if you've seen those Google images before and after Maui. Wow, yep. it's it's incredible. It's incredible. But Rick Riggin, uh and also hats off to his his organization that he claims, uh, you know, dear to it, as do we, uh, for the veterans, and that's the AMVETS. Um, you know, we're going to get it up on social media, but tell us with us a little bit again about what you've got going on there in the Evansville chapter of the of the AMVETS. I know we've got some Evansville people listening today. So, uh, again, maybe talk with us a little bit about how they can get involved if they're, if they're in the Evansville area. Well, you want to get involved with the AMVETS here in Evansville, just uh, stop by the polls. We're at Barker and Broadway, and uh, man, we can get you signed up, get get your membership. Uh, like I said, today is a good day to even go down and do that because there's a craft fair going on today that I believe just, just started or is getting ready to. It's going to go for a good chunk of day today. Another good day to come do that for me next Friday night, 7 to 11 p.m., karaoke night. Let's get it. Hosted by DJ Scratch and Snip here, your own very own Rick Riggin. So <laughs> good to the great, great yeah. events to, to come on down to That's the post true. and get involved and see what we're all about. <laughs> uh, scratch and Sniff. That's your that's your that's your new nickname. We'll get you a T shirt. Karaoke. I love it. We 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 got a we got a guy here that does that out at the Colts game in the in the pre uh, the bullseye event group. Uh, Called DJ uh, uh, Skids, DJ Skids. So there you go, DJ Skids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, you know, one of the things we got to look at now is we is the playoffs. Playoffs are moving to six teams. Notre Dame would like to be a part of that playoff scenario, but one of the things we've always talked about on this show, we root for chaos and so forth. But one of the things that that the committee looks at, okay, are you going to a bowl game and are you going to be a part of the playoffs? Are you going to be a part of that elite group? It's strength of schedule. You guys are 19th toughest of, of all of college football. I don't know that that's enough. When we talk about uh, just strength of schedule, we're not talking about wins and losses right now. Uh, you would think with the 19th, uh, you guys will win plenty of games in, in theory. Uh, so that that's probably going to be a moot point. But is that enough strength of schedule to get you into the playoffs? It is enough because now the – there's a playoff committee that breaks down, you know, who gets in the play. This is the last year for the four-team playoff, by the way. Next year it goes to 12. But right. if Notre Dame runs the table, they go 12-0, and 0, they're in the playoff because they have to beat Ohio State, they have to beat Clemson at Clemson, and they have to beat USC, which is a home game for Notre Dame this year. Uh, USC is going to be really good. They have the current Heisman Trophy winner in Caleb Williams. If Notre Dame can take care of business and win those three games, it doesn't matter what the, their strength of schedule is. They're going to be uh, in the playoff because those three teams right now, I believe, are in the top ten starting out the season. So, however it's all going to play out this year, I don't know. But if Notre Dame runs the table, uh, they're going to be in the playoff this year. 
Well, let's talk a little bit about the top 25. Uh, just kind of uh, go through uh, some of the teams here that we just talked about. Let's talk about Georgia. Georgia is a I, – I think that early they've got an early overrate season, but they certainly deserve to be in the top five for sure. Ohio State is going to make some noise, especially with the new division. Uh, things USC is going to make some noise. Penn State's going to make some noise. Um, so let's just kind of go through the top 25 as as or, or even the top uh, 14 as we mentioned. But you know Iowa's in the top 25, Tulane, Texas A&M. So there's a lot of non-variables with this team. I was really surprised to see Oregon State and Wisconsin be as low as they are in the power rankings. Uh, but as you take a look at the power rankings, especially Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, Alabama, and LSU. Uh, there's there's some great teams there, and you know again I mentioned that we we root for the Tennessee Vols in this house a lot, uh, so they're number twelve. So you know give us put on your your smart college football thinking hat. I know you got it because you you've, you've shared it with me for years, and we've not always agreed. But I want, I want right, to hear it. that's what makes this great. Not always <laughs> agree. <laughs> if, if if the show was me and you always being in agreement. <laughs> then uh, we have no show because, you know, no nobody show. wants that's to listen to the same true. opinion over. <laughs> that's but, uh, that's hey, very true. I'll give you a smart question here. We talked about Georgia and Kirby Smart. Mm-hmm. Has the uh-huh. torch been passed from Nick Saban to Kirby Smart now already? Or are we going to have to wait until after this season if Georgia wins their third national championship in a row? If Georgia wins three in a row, Kirby Smart gets that third one in a row. Nick Saban has not done that at Alabama. He's won two in a row, but never three. Does that put him ahead of Nick Saban? That's a good question. Uh, you know, we'll have to see what the talking heads talk about this this year. But yeah. I mean, clearly, clearly, if Georgia wins another championship, you've got to be having that conversation. I mean, Kirby Smart, well, I guess he's pretty smart, but – yeah, come on. It's, it's Nick Saban. I mean, it's like Bill Belichick. He's going to find a way. He's going to find a way. At, at this point, I say that the jury's still out on this. It has the torch been passed from from Kirby Smart to? I mean, from Nick Saban to Kirby Smart. I would say, I would say that Kirby Smart's uh, uh, when you when you think about relay races, when they pass the baton. I, I would say that that Kirby Smart's already taken off in his run and has got his hand reached out for the baton. I would say that, but I would say that also, I don't want to say Nick Saban until we we see how their season goes. I mean, what I'll say for Nick Saban and Alabama, there's some questions there too because they their their offense is going to take a step back this year. Uh, they brought down Tommy Reese, be our offensive coordinator from Notre Dame. All right, uh, they also brought in Tyler Buckner former quarterback of Notre Dame. They also have Jaden Milrow, who filled in for Bryce Young last year, and Bryce Young had a game or two where he was hurt. Uh, who They don't know. They haven't named a starter yet. There hasn't been a clear-cut favorite in their practices as far as I have seen it between them two. And being a Notre Dame guy, I, I know how predictable that Tommy Reese offense can be. I don't know how it's going to look under Nick Saban and that coaching staff that he always puts together. I will say uh, – Alabama is not ever going to be an easy win for anybody, no matter who their quarterback is, new offensive coordinator, because Saban changed out cor- changes out coordinators every year, it seems like. Somebody's taking on a head coaching job somewhere else in college. 
or somebody's going up to the NFL. There is always a revolving door of coaches and players at Alabama, and they and they're always consistent, always consistently great. But there's a lot of question marks this year with Alabama, and if you ask me, uh, at I don't think the torch has been passed yet. But if Georgia wins the third national championship in a row this year, then I think the torch has got past Kirby Smart from Nick Saban. Well, I mean, it's really interesting to see where where that all plays out at. Um, I'm interested to see that, and I think all eyes are going to be on Georgia, Alabama all year year long. Oh yeah. Hey, shift shift gears a little bit. Uh, I don't know if you saw this story, but Deion Sanders obviously the coach out of Colorado now. Uh, mm-hmm. And coming off of a eleven and one, I mean a one and eleven season a year ago, uh, uh, he he wants his team to fight harder in twenty twenty three, and apparently more literal than actual in wins or losses. Uh, after a a little fight broke out in practice Wednesday's practice, uh, rather than stepping up as a coach should do and breaking things, all right guys, it's enough. As some of his assistants did, Sanders noticed some players walking away from the incident. And, and and not being a part of it. And he got up in their face and he was yelling at them and he's like, I, I see the two of you walking off and you've got to be a key teammate play, players. And he's like, where, where do they do that? When one player fight, we all fight. We all fight. One player, we all fight. Well, my thought process immediately goes to, well, now you've created a monster because now you get a minor scuff battle on the field during a regular football game, and the whole sideline comes out and we got some, it got some issue. Is that the kind of message we want to hear from a coach? I know it's Deion Sanders, and he's got a history of being very flamboyant, so we'll take it for what it's worth. But I just found that to be just – I don't know. It just To me, it seemed like that's the wrong advice to give to players when it comes to fighting. What are your thoughts on that? I have not seen that that story, but just based off what you're we'll get it saying about social, it, we'll get it up on yeah. social media. Gotcha. I uh, I understand the message that he's trying to send, uh, but I guess you know doing it that way, he I, he's been rubbing a lot of people the wrong way there at Colorado. I mean, the whole somebody have. 30 or 40 players leave the program. They're bringing in all these kids uh, through the transfer portal, or I'm going to say kids, yeah. players uh, from the Maybe transfer a portal. With prayer or something? I don't know. It's, it's a hot yeah, just, just based there. off of his style of doing things, you know. And But Colorado is going to pay the big money, and they see uh, his success when he's at Jackson State, and they're hoping they can bring that Colorado and and I think they will in, in the next couple of years because as Colorado's moving back to the uh, Big 12, getting out of the Pac-12, I think, uh, you know, with uh, Oklahoma and Texas leaving the Big 12 for the SEC, I think Colorado's going to find a, a lot of success in the Big 12. And if that's his coaching style, and it may rub people the wrong way, but if it's not anything illegal about it, then, you know, here are we the judge, I guess. Well, what happens? What happens the first time when there is a minor scuffle on the field during a real game and the whole sideline clears out? Right. You know, it's. I don't know if you play for Florida State, but it's already starting to look like it's uh, the Miami Hurricanes from the eighties. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I saw. I saw. I saw a meme today that the Raiders and the Dallas, uh, the Dallas Cowboys record this year is going to go nine and six, uh, nine arrests, six convictions. So <laughs> I, I did see that. <laughs> That's pretty good. 
<laughs> hey, all right, let's uh, wrap it up before we wrap it up. Put a bowl on it. I'm looking at your schedule here. Let me circle some teams for you. Tell me if you agree, disagree. I'm going to circle uh, just because of who it is. Maybe Notre Dame. I'm going to circle, obviously, Ohio State, Notre Dame. I'm going to, just because I get a who it is, USC and Notre Dame. Um, but I think the one that I'm circling the biggest right now and taking a look at for you guys, and you tell me if I'm wrong on this, that you guys got the biggest circle around Notre Dame Louisville. Are you talking about for Notre Dame or for me? <laughs> Both. I, I mean, I guess I didn't okay. add, uh, any clarifiers on that, but yeah, you could give it both ways, I guess. Yeah, because uh, we're actually thinking about going to that game because it's at Louisville, and uh, that was a lot of fun. We're we went to that a few years ago, and uh, yeah, it's really close to us, so you don't have to make the six-hour drive up to Notre Dame, you know, which I love going up there, but some some years you got to give it a rest because it's a, you know, it's a, it's a big money spender, I would say, so if we can just go right down the road to Louisville watch them, uh, that's great. Uh, for me, the big circle game is is the the home game against Ohio State, and like I said, and then USC, and then we play at Clemson, and, and they got that new quarterback, Kate Klubnick, is really good. So those are going to be the three tough games. Uh, Louisville bring in Jeff Brom, and uh, you know he's got to put that team together and that coaching staff together. I think that's going to be a uh... now. No Notre Dame lost to Marshall last year, and it's. And they also lost to Stanford, two teams they should have kicked the crap out of. But I see that that Louisville game you have circled as a probably a three touchdown favorite for the Irish in that game, and uh, and it should end up that way too. A big easy win. Well, you and I both are. I I'm a fan of IU as I'm an IU alumni. You're a fan of IU just because of where you live. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, let's look at IU football. I mean, uh, the IU football coach is uh, uh, on the hot seat, to say the least. Uh, we've That's got what I was going to say. It's, it's a hot, <laughs> hot seat time for Tom Allen. Yeah, I think it's a very hot, hot seat for Tom Allen. But you know what? Here's the thing, and, and this isn't even a joke. The minute that he's released from IU, whenever that might be, he's going to start getting calls for defensive coordinators across the NFL immediately. Mm-hmm. Do you disagree with that? I love his style. I love it. I love his style of coaching. I love, I love his fire. Uh, there is a whole lot to love about the way Tom Allen does things at IU. I do not know why yeah. that doesn't translate to more wins on the field. Maybe it's recruiting. Yeah. And I don't even understand why they can't recruit at, at IU for Local. football because uh, IU is they, great. They cast their net so far, and now that we have the Big Big Ten, their recruiting is only going to get more difficult, and their their impact in wins and losses in the Big Ten is only going to get worse. Uh, we'll, we'll talk again in basketball uh, situation. Maybe we'll both be surprised, and, and, and that'll be our, our surprise of the, of, of the year. That's for sure. Rick Riggin, we appreciate you joining us. A great supporter of the AMBETS. We appreciate all you do. I want you to know you have an open invitation come on this show every week and talk Notre Dame football and banter. Uh, we, we, we want to circle, maybe we want to circle September 23rd uh, for you to come on the show with Adam, Ohio State and Notre Dame. That, that'll be a, a battle. <laughs> yeah, that's we'll going to be a case we'll match that both. day on the show, won't it? <laughs> we'll, give you, we'll give you both wrestling names, as I, as I know both of you yeah. uh, follow wrestling. <laughs> I think you follow one side of wrestling and he follows the other side. And I, 
I'm like, okay. Uh, like, I think he's more, and I, I could be wrong, so I'm, but I don't want to speak for him because you know how animated he can be. But uh, yeah. I, I, I uh, <laughs> think he's more WWE, and then you're that other group of, of wrestlers. So we'll AEW, that's the yeah. <laughs> you're 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 a wrestling guy. We we keep saying we've had a couple of wrestling segments. We keep saying we need to create a a monthly uh, wrestling segment or something. Rick, we yeah, always appreciate great. you joining us, buddy. You are always more than welcome to join us. And, uh, you know, if you want to write a, a Notre Dame post for our website, you are more than welcome to do so. We'll get it up there for you. So you can talk with me about that all offline if that's something that you want to do. Uh, but we are looking forward to college football right around the corner, and we're looking forward to see how well you do or do not do in the balance uh, fantasy football, sir. We appreciate you. I always say where people can find your work in Massachusetts, but you're on Twitter. And, you know, here's the other thing that, that Adam and I talked about creating a segment that you'd also be perfect for, the pop culture segment. You know, yeah. You guys would be great for that. So Twitter, is it still called Twitter or is it called X? Or the, is it called Twitter the, now? The X, we, we're still <laughs> calling it Twitter, although it's probably – X, the artist formerly known as Twitter, maybe. <laughs> yeah. I, I hear people calling it Twix now, so. <laughs> Twix, I love it. That's great. I love it. That's great. Yeah, speaking of pop culture, well, have you seen Oppenheimer yeah. yet or Barbies? No, I have not seen either one. I probably will not watch Barbie. Uh, Oppenheimer, I do want to see, though. Oh, it's so good, dude. <laughs> so good. You know, I I love mo- I, I like movies, but there's not a lot of movies that I like just swing the, from the rafters on. Oppenheimer is that, and we saw it at the IMAX uh, uh, here, and I tell you, it is powerful. It is powerful. I don't want to give any spoilers, but it is powerful. We I, I had a, a coworker. I, I don't know where it's at up in Indianapolis. I had a coworker got tickets. See, there's a limited number of tickets. They only did this one or two nights up there in Indianapolis, but one of your IMAX yeah, facilities. Yeah. Does yeah, the, the uh, that the yeah the seventy millimeter, mm-hmm. I guess version yeah. of it, which yeah. is the way Oppenheimer was shot, and that's the way it's supposed to be experienced. Yeah. There's only a handful of these seventy millimeter IMAXs in the whole country, but Indianapolis yeah, has one. Yep, yep. And the funny thing about it, they that was a, a big thing. A lot of people were saying all these people were coming in from out of state, and you know, were close drive people were coming from St. Louis or whatever. Have you? And then there weren't any tickets available. So we saw it at IMAX, but not that one. But then I also heard that it broke, and so they had to cancel a few showings why they got the theater fixed. But it's downtown. It's at the Indiana State uh, Museum okay. is, is where you're thinking of. So, yeah, it's, yeah, uh, okay. it's fantastic. So uh, you, if you're planning on any trips up here to Indy, let me know. We'll get together and have dinner and drinks. Maybe we'll go a Colts game or something, my friend. Oh, sounds good, man. That'd be fun. All right, buddy. Always enjoy having you on. I can say you have an open invitation. So uh, we people can find you on the Twix. Is that what we're we'll start calling it? The Twix. Yeah, or on the Twix at Reagan. Un, yeah, on the Twix at Reagan underscore Rick. For all things Notre Dame, all things pop culture, and all <laughs> things wrestling, and and really all things just for purposes of filling uh, a space and void. <laughs> nice. <laughs> all right, buddy. We appreciate you. You have a good weekend. Be safe. Yep. You too. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Bye bye. Rick Reagan calls us from Evansville. Been a great friend of the show for many, 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 many years. Um, I actually met him through my son, and my son contacted me and said, hey, I, I got a guy I work with who's a big Notre Dame fan. He, can he come on? So I said, sure, come on. And, you know, we have become really good friends over the years. Uh, and so he's, he's, he's a, a great friend of the show. 
So I look forward, and, and again, I'm not going to commit to him just yet, uh, but uh, <laughs> I look forward to uh, him coming on and uh, adding, you know, it's already there. We're going to make this happen. We're going to give Adam and Rick uh, some, uh, Adam and Rick uh, some uh, wrestling names, and they're going to go at it, Ohio State and Notre Dame. Circle your calendars uh, for that. We'll make it happen. We'll, we'll build up the hype like no hype has ever been built, and we'll do the, their walk-up songs. We'll do it up right, and we'll get to the ultimate preview between Ohio and Notre Dame. My name is Tom Marcosell, Presidente. Thank you for your time today. You've given it to me. I know it's very, very valuable, and we appreciate that. Make sure if you're listening to the podcast, you just hit like and love so we know how cool you are. We know how awesome we are. You guys have a great weekend. Don't drink and drive, but it ain't cool. I'm out of here, deuces.